4: Look, I didn't overpromise, and what I have probably uh outperformed what anybody thought would happen. Not so much, Joe. <laughs>
5: not so much. look. It's been a brutal year. Allow me to say, before we go into this Joe Biden recap of the year from hell, I know it's been a brutal year for you, too. It's been a brutal year for me. You forget, when you have people in charge who are doing things you kind of agree with, you forget how miserable it is to have someone like Joe Biden in charge. And it has been a rough year for you. It's been a rough year for me. Those years where you, you turn on the news every night and you think, Oh, gosh, that's terrible. Well, I get it. I get it. I, 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 I get it. I've had that same kind of year myself when it comes to Joe Biden. Just know this, though. This will probably make you feel better. Maybe it won't, but it makes me feel better. As rough as this year has been for you, it's been worse for Joe Biden. It's been a really, really, really bad year. And look, let's just clarify why. Joe Biden won... Has always been a jerk. He ran as being the nice guy, right? Trump's the Antichrist and Joe Biden's the nice guy. He's not nice. He's old and feeble. He's not nice. Joe Biden's been a jerk forever. So he gets elected. Being a jerk to everyone he can be. Remember when he poked a finger in someone's chest? And he gets elected. And he's not only a jerk, he's not functional. It's senile, dementia, Alzheimer's, whatever he has, I don't know. He has something... But he's not a functional adult. So you have this feeble old man prone still to fits of rage. So he surrounded himself with full blown communists and they're running the country. And a big part of why this year recap is going to be such a disaster for Joe Biden is because he's not running anything. Even if you consider him to be a more moderate Democrat, he's not running anything. He's not strong enough to hold back the communists who actually run the country now. And these people, these people don't have any interest in another four years. They're not staring at the poll numbers and stressing about it because when you're Jen Psaki, you go right from being Joe Biden's press secretary to a six or seven figure contract at CNN and life is fine. When you're Biden's chief of staff, Ron Klain, you're not stressing about another four years because you go right from being Joe Biden's chief of staff to a nice tenured position at Harvard, manicured lawns, good money, pretty girls running around. They're not worried about Joe Biden getting reelected. They're worried about destroying the country like they've always wanted to do. And so, look, I mean, no one can give a better state of affairs for how horrible the year has been for Joe Biden than Joe Biden. I mean, let's keep in mind. I want you to keep this in mind. Across the country, people not like you, not like me, swing voters, Rust Belt swing voters, the ones who actually decide elections, these people have certain things that stick out to them more than other things. Like, there'll be something that angers me, and angers you, they won't really care that much about it. The thing those people are most angry about right now, if you look at the polls, if you talk to the people who hang out in those states, they're most angry about Afghanistan. Afghanistan was a big, big deal for people in this country. It was humiliating, it was devastating. And for some reason, the Biden people don't seem to understand at all American people, not just right wingers like me, American people they're really bothered by what he did in Afghanistan and he doesn't sound like he gets it.
4: There is no way to get out of Afghanistan after 20 years easily. Not possible, no matter when you did it. And I make no apologies for what I did.
5: You make no apologies? Joe, buddy. Skip that weekend, get medical treatment in Delaware, and get out and talk to people, buddy. The American people want to hear some kind of contrition, some kind of regret, and I'm not going to lose my temper here, but 13 warriors are dead now because of Joe Biden. They're dead. We just had Christmas. Those 13, you're looking at them right there. We just had Christmas. Their mothers and fathers just gathered around the tree for the first time in a long time. Their daughter wasn't there. Their son wasn't there, and he'll never be there again because of Joe Biden. That matters a lot to the American people, and Joe Biden isn't going to just weather this storm. This is something that bothers the American people, understandably so. The president decided he was going to go for a boost in the poll numbers and just yank us out of Afghanistan without a second thought to doing it smartly, slowly getting out, just pulled us out and got those 13 warriors killed. That's a big deal. That's a really big deal. And there's something else that's a big deal. We already brought up Joe Biden's mental state. The truth is this, and I've explained this before and I'm gonna explain it again. You, an American, me, an American, you probably don't know what the voice of another world leader sounds like. You probably don't. You probably could hear Vladimir Putin's voice and wouldn't know that's Vladimir Putin. How many press conferences of Putin have you watched? And so, because that's your state of affairs and my state of affairs, we don't fully grasp the rest of the world. They watch when the president of the United States of America speaks. When Joe Biden gives a big press conference, it's not just, you know, fodder for you and me to laugh. Oh, he stumbled through his words. The world watches. The good people in the world watch. The evil people in the world watch. When Joe Biden gives press conferences, everyone watches and... They make gigantic, possibly world-changing decisions as they watch, based on what the president says, how the president looks. They're assessing it at all times. Joe Biden, because he's not a functional adult, is a national security risk. I want, before I play this, I want you to understand the whole Russia-Ukraine thing that's happening that has the potential to be a hot war for a lot of countries i'm not saying i think it's going to and please lord don't let it happen but that has potential to be a world-changing event it's something we have to watch and it's not something it's not something we can afford if the president's going to say something like this i think what you're going to see
4: is that russia will be held accountable if it invades and it depends on what it does it's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having to fight about what to do and not do etc but if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border it is going to be a disaster for russia I'm sorry
5: did he just, did he just say well it's one thing if it's a, a minor incursion <sighs> I want you to understand that that little comment right there, it's not a laugh-off comment. It has reverberations around the world. Around the world, Vladimir Putin watched. Ukraine's president watch Ukraine put out had to put out a statement quote we want to remind the great powers there are no minor incursions in small nations just as there are no minor casualties and little grief from the loss of loved ones I say this as the president of a great power around the world they were shocked to hear Joe Biden say oh I mean look it's one thing if it's just a minor incursion And this is why it's a national security risk to have Joe Biden as president of the United States of America. We all know what happened there. Joe Biden had a sit down, probably with his joint chiefs, maybe CIA directors, so on and so forth. He had a sit down with his advisors and they discussed, I'm sure, what are we going to do about Russia? And it was discussed, okay, well, if there's a major invasion, we do this. If they just have a little invasion, we do that. Private, secret meetings about our strategy when it comes to foreign policy. Joe Biden gets asked about it at a press conference, and he doesn't have the mental strength to filter out critical national security info now. The president of the United States of America, his brain is in such bad shape, he's a national security risk because he'll reveal critical strategies to the entire planet on television. That is not a small deal. That's a big, big deal. That's a gigantic deal. And look, There's something else a gigantic deal. Joe Biden ran for president on all that shut down the virus stuff. Remember, shut down the virus, shut down the virus. Well, in one year, in the year 2021, we had more COVID deaths in this country than we had in 2020. And that's with a vaccine, if that's still what we're going to call that thing.
4: What are you going to say about that, Joe? Should we have done more testing earlier? Yes. But we're doing more now. If you've been vaccinated, get your booster shot. Everybody get the booster shot. It's the, oblo- the optimum protection you can have. You're protected very well with two shots. If it's the Pfizer, anyway, the COVID-19 is not going to give up and accept things. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just not going to go away immediately. But I'm not going to give up.
5: COVID is not going to give up and accept things. The Pfizer, any. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. The president can't talk. And look, while he's there bumbling through his words, possibly cooking off a hot war in Europe. Let's do keep in mind, he's stocking the administrative state with other card-carrying communists. The weaponization of the FBI under President Joe Biden is a major, major deal that's not getting near enough play. We have a supply chain crisis. You're starting to see empty shelves. We have crime in cities on a level that is, honestly, it's third world now. We, we have third world numbers. And Joe Biden... He doesn't seem to get it. And this is part of the danger of living in a bubble. We all create some sort of bubble for ourselves. We live where we want to live, you know, trying to surround ourselves with the people we want to surround ourselves with. That's fine, right? I'm not saying live around people you hate. But if you're a politician, if you're president of the United States, you had better find a way to stay in touch with normal people. Joe Biden's poll numbers are shocking. Twenty. Five percent of the country is satisfied with his performance. 50% are frustrated, 49% are flat out disappointed. And this is not one little poll. It is poll after poll after poll after poll after poll. I saw a graph on it the other day where his approval numbers, they're just it's just a steady downslip. It's amazing to watch. And Joe Biden, Joe Biden gets asked about it during a press conference, and well, they're lying.
1: How do you plan to win back moderates and independents who cast a ballot for you in 2020, but polls indicate aren't happy with the way you're doing your job now?
4: I don't believe the polls.
1: Okay,
5: all right. Um, Well, he is aware of the polls. I, I know that he's aware of the polls and he's aware that his party is likely about to take a beating a year from now in the midterm elections. He's aware of this which makes it very odd when Joe Biden gets asked about election integrity. I mean, I just want to make sure I recap this for everyone so everyone understands. You've heard a lot recently about Democrats complaining that Republicans think 2020 was stolen and it was cheated and that's a big lie. Remember, they keep calling it the big lie. I just want to make sure you remember that in 2016, after Donald Trump won, Democrats across the board from Hillary Clinton on down claimed the election was stolen, Russian interference, Russian collusion, Russia had hacked the voting machines. Oh, they questioned the integrity of the election endlessly. The second Joe Biden won, they demanded you say it was the fairest election ever. Now we're coming up on the midterms and it looks like it's probably going to be a rough year for Democrats and looks like we're
4: back to questioning
5: elections again.
1: Do you still believe the upcoming election... Will be fairly conducted and its results will be legitimate
4: well it all depends on uh whether or not we're able to make the case to the american people that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the
3: election do you think that they would in any way be illegitimate oh yeah i think it easy to be, be
4: illegitimate imagine imagine if in fact Trump has succeeded in convincing Pence to not count the votes. Uh, imagine uh, if...
6: Uh, in, in regards to 2022, sir, the oh, 2022.
4: Election. I mean, uh, 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 imagine if those uh, attempts to say that uh, the count was not legit. You have to recount it, and we're not going to count, we're going to discard the following votes. I mean, sure, it, 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 I'm not saying it's going to be legit. It's the increase the prospect of being illegitimate is in direct proportion to us not being able to get these these reforms passed
5: what <laughs> look let's just be honest all that bumbo-jumbo aside it's legit it's not legit i mean i'm not saying i don't i'm so tired let's just set all that stuff aside let's be honest we know what's going on Democrats will question every election they lose from now to the end of time. You should do the same thing. I know, Jesse, that's petty, that's vengeful. That's the country we live in now. Question every election you lose now because they're going to. Now, probably the biggest part of Joe Biden's press conference, it wasn't even the Russia stuff, although that could leave cities in rubble. The biggest part of Joe Biden's press conference was, Hold on, he's committing to running with Kamala Harris again?
4: You put
1: Vice President Harris in charge of voting rights. Are you satisfied with her work on this issue? And can you guarantee, do you commit that she will be your running mate in 2024 provided that you run again?
4: Yes and yes.
1: Okay, do you care to expand? Pardon me? Do you care to expand? No, there's no need
4: to. I mean, I asked the question. She's going to be my running mate, number one. And number two, I did put her in charge. I think she's doing a good job.
5: Good job, Joe. Maybe the worst decision he made was picking Kamala Harris to begin with. But hey, look, he wants four more years at dome. Can't blame the guy. Nobody did ask Joe Biden about the border. So we're going to ask some questions about the border with Mark Morgan next. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We'll be back.
3: What the president's view is is that we need to do more. We need to fix our broken immigration system. That means smarter security uh, at the border. It also means a more moral approach to how we're treating people when they come across the border. Now, some of those confrontations at the border mean we still have issues uh, in these countries that have been going on for a long time. This is why we see surges every couple of years, where people have challenging economic circumstances, uh, and they're not, and we haven't done enough to address the root causes. That's part of what we're. Focused on as well, but we need to address this from many fronts.
4: You've got criminals who are being arrested at the border on a weekly basis.
5: I don't know what any of that means. So I'm going to ask Mark Morgan. He's, of course, the former acting commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. Mark. Uh, What was all that political speak? I didn't understand any of that at all. And what's a more moral way to treat? What's she talking about?
7: Uh, Jesse, I I have no idea either. What I do know is everything, (laughs) right? I mean, everything that came out of her mouth was absolute spin, misdirection, and blatant lie. I mean, it's the same thing as what we hear from our DHS Secretary Mayorkas. I mean, look, uh, this does not bring me pleasure to say, but again, everything that comes out of that man's mouth about the the Southwest border and the catastrophic crisis is is an absolute lie to the American people.
5: Mark, what is the reality? Because you're right, everything's lies. I remember when we had 14,000 Haitians on the border, they were trying to stop the news drones from taking pictures of it. So we know they're covering things up. We know there are lies. I also know you know people. What's the truth?
7: Yeah, here's the truth. And this, this is why I, I like this question, Jesse. First of all, let, let me give your, your your viewers some facts. First of all, the Remain in Mexico program, which was one of the most essential programs to stop the flow of illegal immigration. By February of 2020, we reduced the flow of illegal immigration by 75%. This administration got rid of it. The unprecedented asylum cooperative agreements that we had with the Northern Triangle countries, that also was aiding to, the, to stem the flow of illegal immigration this administration got rid of it. They took sanctuary cities and they expanded it and actually made a sanctuary country. They've reduced 90% of ICE's ability to actually carry out the statutory interior enforcement mission. Just you and I could go up, we could do this for the next hour to give you specific examples of what they dismantled, what they uh, um, uh, uh, did. And look, at at the end of the day, the root causes, let me give you one root cause. This is the greatest nation on the face of the planet. That root cause is never going to go away. And why we see the catastrophic crisis on our border right now is because of this administration's open border policies. They're encouraging, incentivizing, and facilitating illegal uh, entry. That's why we're having the crisis that we're having.
5: Mark, I, I mean, the stuff you just said is stunning. How am I supposed to take that as anything other than intentionally inviting an invasion force into the country? That's what it seems like. Am I missing something?
7: No, I, look, I think you hit two things. Oh, very important. One is, is intentional, two is invasion. I, look, I, I'm with you 100% on that. Look, I've been doing this, serving this country for 35 years. I've served under six administrations, both Republican and Democrat. With respect to what's going on our Southwest border, it makes absolutely no sense with respect to the safety and security of this country i can draw no other conclusion that they're doing this because of perceived political benefit one of them being for every illegal alien that they find a pathway to citizenship they believe it's going to equate to a democratic vote and this real quick on your comment about the invasion let me give you some other factual statistics in the first 12 months of this administration over 2 million apprehensions, 600,000 gotaways, those that have, uh, have broken our country and evaded apprehension, and 400,000 turnbacks, as the name suggests, those that turn back to avoid apprehension. 12 months, that's 3 million immigrants have tried to illegally break in our country. If that's not an invasion, I don't know what is.
5: Staggering when you can when you figure we have three more years of this insanity. Absolutely staggering. Mark, you brought up something earlier about ICE and obviously you're the expert and I'm very much not, so I want you to correct me on some, on something. So my understanding, ICE only has about 6,000 people and only about 3,000 of those people are actually charged with doing the deportations. And you said we've somehow reduced that number
7: or, or reduced the ability of those 3,000? Yeah, so that's exactly correct. This is very important because a lot of our attention goes to what's happening on the physical border, which we should, it's important, but we forget about what's going on in the interior. This secretary, G. S. Mayorkas, he's become a de facto legislator because he doesn't agree with the current laws on the books. It goes against his ideology. Well, he's just not enforcing the law. In fact, he's going a step further. He's actually creating new law, and he's by his restrictions, he is directing ICE what not to do. I mean, he's actually making illegal immigration more legal every single day. And that's one reason why we haven't seen the report. You're going to see that, that the past 12 months, they have reduced 90% of ICE's ability of those that are here in the country illegal to arrest them and deport them. That's where we're at right now under this secretary and this administration.
5: Good grief. And, and just, All right, they, Mark, they, 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 uh, they talk, I'm going to play
7: criminals. There's criminals. I mean, th- th- there are thousands and thousands of criminals that remain walking our streets because this secretary has told ICE they're not a priority and they can't remove them. <laughs>
5: it's just it is a, it is staggering I, that, that guy's gonna mess around and get himself impeached lord willing mark i want to play you a little clip from from joe biden in a press conference talking about mitch mcconnell it's
4: i think that this, the fundamental question is what's mitch for what's he for on immigration what's he for what's he proposing it's bathing better
5: Mark, setting Mitch McConnell aside, what are Republicans for when it comes to immigration?
7: Yeah, look, I, I can tell you, and I, I feel pretty confident. I think I think the senator be he included him in this. Hey, first and foremost, this is about border security, stupid, right? We've heard it's all about you know the economy, stupid. Well, it's the same thing. This is about border security. This is about what Ronald Reagan said, you know, in the mid '80s, that a country that cannot secure their borders is not a country at all. I can tell you that's the first thing that the Republicans are for, because what we face, the the, the vast set of complex threats and crises we face. From outside our border, it's not limited to illegal immigration, and they're not mutually exclusive from each other. And what the Republicans know, when you open our borders up to one crisis or one threat, you open them up to the vast set of crises and threats we face. Right now, two million uh, illegal apprehensions uh, in the last 12 months. That takes 50, 60 percent of border patrol agents off the front line. These large areas are border unsecured, unpatrolled, unmonitored. But our national security vulnerabilities increase, drugs are pouring in, criminal aliens are pouring in, and gang members are pouring in. That's what they're for to stop.
5: Golly. Mark Morgan, thank you so much for making us smarter, man. I appreciate you.
7: Bet anytime.
5: That is a that is a stunning, stunning turn of affairs around here. All right. Kurt Schlichter, my friend, joins us next. <laughs>
1: You said in your memoir, Joe Biden is impossible not to like. Quote, he's a man of integrity, incapable of hiding what he really thinks, and one of those rare people you know you could turn to for help in a personal crisis. Still, I think he's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. Would he be an effective commander-in-chief?
8: I don't know. I don't know. I, I think I stand by that statement.
5: Ouch. Joining me now is my friend Kurt Schlichter. He's, of course, a great columnist with Town Hall and author of a book I would highly recommend called The Split. Kurt... Why are Democrats wrong on foreign policy every single time? I mean, you would think they'd accidentally be right once, but they're never right. Why?
1: They don't
6: even meet the broken clock test. I have to I have to disagree with uh, uh, the uh, de- former Defense Secretary Gates about one thing. It is possible to dislike Joe Biden because many people now <laughs> do. We thought he was just like this relatively harmless, irritating neighbor, the kind of guy who... Uh, you know, intercepts you as you're trying to carry groceries in the house because he wants to tell you about like how he lost a slipper, but he found the slipper, and it was a really shifty <laughs> slipper that he lost, but he found it. And and and, and, and we turned out to get this venal, corrupt uh, halfwit who has now participated in the two uh, of, uh, by voting for the first and actually uh, overseeing the second two most disgraceful abandonments of allies in American history: uh, South Vietnam. And uh, Afghanistan. So, uh, but but this but but he is a Democrat. He is, uh, you know, he, he at some level considers America a a morally compromised nation that has no particular right to any kind of ideas of exceptionalism or or power. And and that's what he does. He submits to everybody.
5: I'm going to play you this clip. It, it it's from Joe Biden's presser. It upsets me. Here it is.
4: Do I feel badly what's happening to as a consequence of the incompetence of the Taliban? Yes, I do. But I feel badly also about the fistulas that are taking place in Eastern Congo. I feel badly about a whole range of things around the world that we can't solve every problem. And so I don't view that as a competence issue.
5: Kurt, He's awfully cold-hearted about Afghanistan, especially when 13 of our warriors are dead, and then he incinerated 10 innocent people, including seven children. The man doesn't seem... That doesn't seem to move him at all. It just doesn't move him.
6: Well, look, he was always a stupid man, uh, and then he became senile, so he didn't really have, like, a lot of space to decline before he got into (laughs) really dangerous territory. Uh, Now, I'm a trial lawyer, Okay, I'm sitting here lawyering as we speak. So I kind of deal with arguments. So here's his argument. Well, yeah, Afghanistan was bad, but I don't particularly feel bad about it because there are lots of bad things going on around the world. But he left out the key part, which is we caused a lot of that badness in Afghanistan by his decisions, by his terrible decisions. Uh, decisions that directly led to the death of 13 uh, marine, well, uh, uh, 11 Marines, a sailor, and a soldier. And it's a disgrace uh, the way he distracts. And if we had an actual media instead of slobbering regime minions, uh, they would be pointing this out. That you know, unlike the Congo, we had something to do with this Afghanistan abortion.
5: Kurt. It is a national security risk, obviously, to have Joe Biden as president of the United States. Everyone saw when he said, "Well, I mean, it's one thing if Russia just kind of dips their toe in there." That's clearly the president saying something that he's discussed privately, yet he can't filter it out. Yeah, he... Here's Vice President Dome try- here's Vice President Dome trying to walk that back.
1: 30 minutes after the news conference, the White House press secretary had to actually clarify the president's remarks. Savannah, I'm being clear with you right now. Yes, okay. And and so if you're interested, I'll continue to be clear. Ukrainian officials uh, reportedly heard these words from President Biden with alarm. I know the White House tried to clarify it uh, and clean it up afterwards, but was the damage done you can't unring the bell is Vladimir Putin likely to listen to a later statement from the White House press secretary or the words of President Biden I will repeat myself and I'm Vice <laughs> president of the United States and the president and I work closely together and I know his position because he has been consistent in that regard if Vladimir Putin and Russia takes aggressive action it will be met with a cost
6: That will be severe well you know jesse i always have to defer to uh uh kamala harris's uh insights into the positions of powerful democrats um because that that you know that's that's kind of her wheelhouse um did you notice the uh, the kind of edge of um you know fake faux anger that you would dare believe what he literally said out loud Uh, You know, just a little incursion You know, he sounds like Some of my bad My my, my bad pleading during high school You know It's uh, (laughs) uh, It it went about It went about as well as uh, uh, um, What's his name's foreign policy uh, Though I didn't get anyone killed And that's the problem Look, I I served with Ukrainians In Kosovo, I worked in uh, Ukraine four times Uh, training Ukrainians. I respect the guys. I I like them. Uh, It is not our fight, but I don't feel good for them being essentially abandoned, uh, ironically to the guy their leaders decided, uh, or or by the guy whose uh, leaders decided that they would, you know, that they would interfere in American politics uh, to help. So I think uh, in in some ways, uh, you know, they've got to be kicking themselves going, You know, look, we we gave Hunter this job, and this guy's not coming through for us. Well, what what do you expect from runaway Joe? He ran away from uh, from Afghanistan, he ran away from South Vietnam, and he's going to run away from his friends in Ukraine. I don't think it's our fight if we've got to defend somebody's borders. I I would prefer we defended our own. Uh, I just, you know, I'm hoping we can get through through three more years of this idiot.
5: Kurt Schlichter, thank you so much, my brother.
6: Thanks for having me.
5: It, it is, isn't that disheartening? I, mean, I, realize, I realize we're doing a one-year anniversary show here. We have three more years of this? Just, just imagine that we have three more years of this. If we have this many scandals and disasters, and make sure you hang on to the end of the show because we're going to try to give you a quick little recap of every single one of these. But if we've had, if we've had three years of this, or if we've had a year of this many scandals and disasters, what's three more of these look like? Oh, gosh. Joining me next is my friend, Michael Malice. I have no idea what he's going to say. I can pretty much guarantee you, at some point, you are going to laugh. Always a fascinating guy. Always has something to say. Michael Malice joins me next.
3: Why do you suppose such large segments of the American electorate have come to harbor such profound concerns about your cognitive fitness.
8: Thank you.
4: I have no idea. Twenty minutes later. And I hope in God that uh, that, look, maybe I'm kidding myself, but as time goes on, the voter who is just trying to figure out, as I said, how to take care of their family, put three squares on the table, stay safe, be able to pay their mortgage or their rent, etc., uh, has is becoming much more informed on the um, the motives of um, some of the political players and some of the uh, and the political parties
5: <laughs> joining, joining me now to talk about that um, is my friend Michael Malice he's of course the author of the New Right and the Anarchist Handbook uh, Michael, I, would you do me a favor and kind of break down what exactly was said there I, for some reason I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out
8: well, what was said is that the president had an American flag lapel pin because he loves this country, and you're sitting here looking like you're going on a Tinder date or something. What is it? The unbuttoned shirt, the open jacket. Show some respect, Jesse Kelly. This is the president of the United States. Wait, wait, let's, let's defend Biden for a second, in all seriousness. It is not easy okay. to stand for two hours in front of the White House press corps and answer questions off the top of your head. So that's number one, he's got a tough job. Second, Joe Biden has a history of being notorious as a gaffe machine. He ran for president uh, at least twice before. He's always sticking his foot in his mouth. President Obama is on record being quoted as saying, uh, don't overestimate Joe's ability to F things up. Um, So I think given how we've seen him before, this was as good as it's going to get. Um, And this is why I donated to his campaign because I wanted to see the presidency, or or him as a candidate, knock down a few pegs because it's very, very hard to send our America's uh, young men and women to war in the name of this. If you're gonna tell people it's okay that your kids are gonna be sent overseas and they're gonna come back either in a body bag or mangled, you better be darn sure that that person in the Oval Office is someone you respect and knows what he's talking about. And when you have this Weekend at Bernie situation, it's a lot harder for him to pull that off. So his incontinence and senility is quite literally life-saving.
5: Michael, while well, I don't actually disagree with anything you just said there, I am curious about something. I, I have these weird thoughts sometimes. Do you
8: think <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. they what, can continue... Are thoughts, what are these weird thoughts you have, Look.
5: Jesse? Look, look, I'll text you later, okay? We can't talk about that right now. But but uh, it also, Joe Biden, do you think they can keep this up for another three years? He looks so tired. I mean, he does have to be relatively functional. There's no way they pull us off for three more years, right?
8: They pulled it off for 13 years that FDR was in a wheelchair, right? So the difference why they can't do it now and why I'm so hopeful about the future of this country is that you have social media. And because of social media, a clip that would otherwise be swept under the rug by corporate media outlets can no longer be made invisible because all it's gonna take is one uh, loon, which many of our fans are, to go on C-SPAN and sit through these slog speeches or press conferences, pull that clip, and very quickly it goes viral. Uh, there's a website called Grabian where they do these supercuts, And it's one thing, you know, in that clip you just showed, Maybe you can explain it away as him choosing his words carefully. is a press conference, he's the president, you know, he's got to speak very carefully and clearly, but when you put these things next to each other, uh, one after another, very quickly a pattern emerges. And I got to tell you, it's really hard for me to say that uh, a Joe Biden in cognitive decline is less desirable as a president than a highly charismatic Barack Obama.
5: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Michael, is that a... I'm sorry, I don't want to get distracted here. Is that a portrait of yourself behind
8: you? Yeah, just like on your cell phone case.
5: You know what? what? That's fair. That's fair. All right, Uh, Joe Biden, he is doing something else. I should say the communists surrounding Joe Biden are doing something else. They're continuing to pack the administrative state with people entirely hostile to normal Americans. This is a man very comfortable labeling Americans domestic enemies. Here's this clip from Joe.
4: If you notice, I haven't attacked anybody publicly, any senator, any, 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 any congressman publicly. And my disagreements with them have been made to them, communicated to them privately or in person with them. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said. I will defend the right to vote, our democracy against all enemies, foreign and, yes, domestic.
8: Domestic enemies, Michael? Is he wrong? I hope the Republicans are half as badass as he's making them out to be. If we had a Republican Party that regards the machinations of what the corporate media and government schools are trying to do to our children uh, and and said, I'm putting a stop to this and I'm going to tear down the system once and for all. I'm an enemy of the system. Yeah, that's something that I think many of us would be happy with. Uh, you know, the way that, you know, Parents are being called domestic terrorists for going to these school board meetings and insisting on having some greater accountability in terms of what's being taught to kids, so on and so forth. But you have to look at things from the president's perspective. Once they got, they pulled out all the stops to get rid of President Trump. They succeed in getting him from the Oval Office. They don't have a boogeyman anymore. They don't have a villain to kind of motivate the left to get people in the streets screaming at the sky, marching, getting agitated, post- posting on Facebook. So now they basically have this kind of you know, incoherent, there's all these bad people throughout the rest of the country. Well, we've had adversarial relationships between the two political tribes for a long time now, so it's not really sticking. And this is why they're freaking out. They have a 50-50 split in the Senate and they're desperately trying to use that as some kind of claim of a mandate to rework the voting system that doesn't make sense even on its own face, and this is going to look very bad for them coming to the midterms. Joe Biden is the first president since George H.W. Bush in 92 to come into office without having... Uh, control of the Senate. He had a 50-50 split with Kamala Harris, the vice president's tiebreaker. That's very difficult to get any kind of legislation through. And the first year of any presidency, whether it was Barack Obama or President Trump, is really the year where you get that big idea through and you get to make your mark. After that, the momentum is gone and the midterms are usually, you know, very disadvantageous for whoever the president's party is.
5: Well. That's a good point. A lot of people forget that it's Kamala Harris's job if there's some kind of a stalemate to finish things off. Michael Malice, thank you so much. I appreciate
8: you. Always a pleasure, Jesse. Thank you so much.
5: You bet. We'll be back with final thoughts. time for some final thoughts here and no it's not going to be a light in the mood because we're going to actually cover 12 months our friends at the federalists did this for us so i'm just going to copy their work and rip it off and act like it's my own (laughs) all right here's been the 12 months for joe biden ready january Ah, quite a first week for him February, his CDC worked to keep schools closed. March, he worked with corporations to create a vaccine passport. April, he debuted radical social spending plan. Now, that's going well. How's that inflation looking? May... Hunter Biden's exploits, even more of them came out. June, record-setting crisis at the border. Also, do I need to remind you about the 14,000 Haitians who disappeared within the borders of the country. July, bragging about working with big tech to silence dissent. August, he screwed up Afghanistan. September, Biden lied to undermine his own border patrol agents. Remember the horse and the whip thing? October, his education secretary colluded with the DOJ and the FBI to sick law enforcement on concerned parents november the unconstitutional osha vaccine mandate president does not have the authority neither does osha to do that december supply chain and inflation nightmare and we all know that's only getting worse january he compared filibuster defenders to george wallace and jefferson davis that's been one year it's been one year We have four more years of this. Golly. We'll get through it together. All right, we'll do it again.
0: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.